Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. We have just entered into the new year, and I believe we enter into a new season. So the last message I share with you that we understand the new season come not because it's a new year. It can be the same old year, same old routine, uh, no progress, rerun of everything that we have seen before. But it can be a new season. The reason why it's a new season is because all those who are murmuring, complaining, rebelling, you know, uh, stiff-necked, stubborn, all those, those people or those spirit that is in us are totally cast up. Our spirit is being sanctified. All the kind of bitterness and whatever it is inside that defiles is removed. Then we are able to enter into the new season. And so when we enter into the new season, we enter into the promised land. It is not so much. We're not talking about individual prospering, you know, successful, making more money. Some people, we, um, our mindset are just so, so full of self. So we may enter into the promised land. We're not talking about just individual. Yes, you know, when, when the nation prosper, you will prosper. When the kingdom prosper, you will prosper. But we're talking about the kingdom of God. So the nation of Israel, for them to enter into the promised land, is more than about each tribe receiving their inheritance, the land where they are to dwell. Because they have never been a nation before. They were just 12 brothers led by Joseph in Egypt and begins to multiply, begins to grow. They have never been a nation, but 12 powerful tribes. Each one have their own agenda. You know, the sibling, before they become, grow, become a tribe, they already have these conflicts and flickering, jealousy, infighting there. So can you see? These 12 tribes, they have their distinct, character and, 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 and culture and they think for themselves. So to enter into the promised land beside receiving the inheritance of the land, God wants to build a holy nation out of them. The nation of Israel, the people of God, so that they become a holy nation, they become a, a royal priesthood. I think we know that. So for us, for us to enter into the promised land, we are entering into the season of God's kingdom coming. The coming of Jesus is closer. So whatever we do, if it's just to build our own kingdom on earth, you're just looking at how you can be blessed, how you can be richer. You missed the whole point. Jesus said, you seek first the kingdom of God and all this will be added unto you. So if you do 
just for yourself, you're going to miss the kingdom. But if you do in relation to the kingdom, it will last. We will enter into our promised land. So in order for God to be able to fulfill what He has promised our forefathers, what He has promised us in this new season, the first thing is His appointed leaders has got to rise up. So God spoke to Joshua in Joshua 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses at, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you, Joshua, you, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. You, Joshua, you've got to rise up. Moses is dead. If you don't rise up, if the leader don't rise up, the people will not be able to inherit the land. And so we know that the new season came, you know, even while Moses was still alive, God told Moses, get up and cross that valley. Now he's telling Joshua, you get ready to lead these people. Get the people ready to move in. You see, we, we know that God works to his leader. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to Joshua. And for Moses and Joshua to speak to the people, to tell the people what God wants. So leaders in this new season is very important and we need to understand their importance in our life so that we know how to appreciate them, so that we know how to listen to them, how to follow them in order for us to enter into the promised land. And we know that leadership is everything. A nation rise or fall because of the leader. An organization rise or fall because of the leader. Joshua, you have to rise up. Moses, you have to get up. So God is the one who set up his leader. He said, Moses, my servant. Moses, my servant. Our leaders are here not to please you, not to do what you want, not to satisfy you. The leaders that God has set is God's servant. It's to fulfill God's plan and God's purpose. And it may come against you. It may come against your purpose. But you've got to know he's God's leader. And you learn how to obey and you learn how to submit. The enemies knows the power of leadership. And that's why the enemies will gang up together and attack the leader and want to make the leader fall and want to make the leader weak and want to divide the hearts of the people so that they wouldn't submit to the leader, you know, and they obey the leader in what they want, but not in everything. 
But God is the one. The leader is God's servant. The leader is God's servant uh, that God has established. And I can hear people say, oh, well, leader, they are also men. They also make mistakes. Right? They are not always right. And someone, hey, don't make them very powerful, you know, because they will get proud. Then they go fall. You see, we, we talk, the demons talk, because the schemes of the devil is to weaken the leader so that the leader is powerless, so that the leader cannot fulfill what God wants to do. But God is doing the opposite. God wants to establish his leader. He wants to establish his leader to be strong, powerful leader so that they can fulfill God's plan and purpose. God knows his leader. God knows how weak and how strong they are. God knows what they have done. You know, Moses was a criminal. He's a murderer. He's a fugitive running away from authority for almost 40 years, never get caught. God knows his leader. His man. And yet he appointed him as leader. But when you look at Moses, you say, hey, how can we follow him? This is murderer. You know, this a man, while well, he's proud, he's arrogant. And... But he's God's leader. God appointed him. Every man that God has appointed, they are men. God knows them. And you don't have to think that you are so superior, you know better, and, 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 and you, you think about it, you, whether you want to follow or you don't want to follow, well, it's you, 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 you. No. God said, this is my man. This is my leader. Moses is my servant. Joshua is my servant. You obey. You submit. You follow. So we got to unite under our leaders if we want to enter into this new season, enter into our promised land. We have to know how to respect and honor them. A kingdom that is orderly, that is structure, is a, is a strong kingdom, is a powerful kingdom. A kingdom that is united is strong, but the devil knows that. And that's why the devil is trying his best using Christian to cause division, to cause conflict, so that we cannot unite, we cannot be strong to take the kingdom because that would threaten his kingdom. So Joshua, you've got to rise up and lead these people, get these people ready to enter into the promised land. Let's look at uh, Joshua 3, verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exhort you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you, as I was with Moses. Today I will begin to exhort you. I will begin to lift you up in the eyes of the people so that they will know how to honor you, so that they will how to know how to see you as my man, as my leader. Today, I will exhort you. 
to show that I am with you just like I was with Moses. How, how did God do that? God could have led them into the nation, uh, into the promised land in many ways. But he chose for them to cross the Jordan. They could detour and go big circle. But God chose a hard way, chose an impossible way. Because he wants to exalt Joshua. Through Joshua, they're going to cross Jordan. Oh, we must be humble. It's all because of God. It's all God's doing. Yes, it is God's doing. But God said, Joshua, you will lead these people to cross over Jordan. And through it, I will exhort you. Because it's you who lead these people. You see, you see the, how the word of God conflicts with, with our thinking? Oh, we must, mustn't exalt our leader. Otherwise, he'll be so proud, he will fall. So, you know, we must be loving, keep him humble, criticize him, put him down, huh? Trample on him. So that he'll be humble servant of God. The servant of God must be very humble. You see, we are demonized in our thinking, in our doing, so that the leaders cannot rise up to fulfill what God wants them to do. And God is exalting Joshua so that Joshua can fulfill his calling, his great calling. What does Joshua have to do? Joshua have to unite these people. As I mentioned, to go into the promised land. It's not just occupying some land, but rather bring them together as a nation to become that holy nation so that they will fight for one another, so that they will, you know, be ruled under a leader, a king. Well, of course, ultimately God himself is their king. And then, so that the whole group of people, the nations, will come, will have one vision and one purpose to become that holy nation, to become that royal priesthood, to exalt God, to be a testimony to the nations. And also, not just one purpose, but to see that God's plan is fulfilled in a promised land. So God wants us to follow our leaders. He exalts them so that we will honor them, so that we'll follow them and submit to their leadership. And God wants us to trust our leader. Oh yes, they have their weaknesses for sure. They have their failing for sure. But God wants us to trust our leader. Look at Exodus 19 verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. You know, the people always oppose Moses, always murmur and complain and accuse Moses for leading them the wrong way. Way 
suffering in the wilderness, no food to eat. You know, these are all the murmuring, the complaints, and the opposition of the people against Moses. But God said to Moses, "I will show myself to you, so that the people will always trust you. Always put their trust in you. So God wants you to trust your leader. If ever the any." Enemy wants to do is to cause you to have mistrust, and that's why you see all those talking. You know they are human. Yeah. We speak with a smile, right? We we mustn't listen to everything they say. We will think about it. We will decide. You see, we we have reservation. You see, when we have mistrust, you know what suspicions take place. Accusation, gossip, division. So the whole nation cannot be strong because everyone have their own thinking. Demons working. God said, "I will cause the people to always trust you. When you trust, you will follow. When you trust, you will listen. You will submit. You will work together." It becomes a very strong nation. So, what does God do again? Just like how He exalts Joshua, because the people has already seen all these things through Moses, and yet they still don't trust Him, and yet they still come against Him. God said, "I'm going to cause a, a dense cloud to come upon you." And I will speak to you, and they will hear, so that they know that I'm with you, so that they know how to trust you. See, God goes to extra length, dramatize his appearance to Moses, so that the people can see, so that the people can know. Because Moses was already talking to God; he doesn't need the cloud to come. But the people need to see, because God wants them to follow the leader. God wants them to submit. God wants them to unite. God wants them to obey, so that they can enter into the promised land. Can you imagine? Can you see how important is your leader to your future, to your destiny? Some of us without strong leader, you will never be where you are today. You know that. We will never fulfill what God has for us without being united together. Yes, we may have a measure of success, but we'll never enter into what God has called us, promised to do in in our life. So the importance of leadership, we must understand. And if ever you cannot see God. Being with your leader, and he's God's chosen leader. That's because you are blind. God will do things to make sure the people see. And if you don't see, if you still come against Moses, you still come against that leadership. You're blind or you're demonized. I make no apology in what I say. Because we got to call demon demons, so that we can know his scheme. As I. 
uh, I shared with you last year, so that we would not be trapped and snared by his scheme. We will be able to, to overcome and win against him. Right? So, so this is what, what God wants to do for his leader so that the people will know how to honor and know how to follow and obey. And when you come against God's leader, God's servant, you're coming against God. In a scripture, you can see that when the people come against Moses, challenge his leadership, the word of God say they quarrel against God. They quarrel against God. So you follow God by following your leaders. When you challenge your leaders, you are challenging God because God appointed him to do what he is to do. And there are consequences. I want you to know that. Okay, so God establishes leaders so that we will have no doubt, even though they may have weaknesses, even though they, they may have their failing, but God establishes leaders so that we will know how to honor him. More than that, God wants to make his leader powerful. Powerful. Well, we are scared of this, isn't it? Huh. If our leader is so powerful, then they become dictatorial, or then they will think that they are God, then they will uh, uh, be so proud, and we better humble them. We better make them so weak that they are servants. But this is not what God says. Look at Joshua 1, verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God knew the schemes of the devil is to attack the leadership. And he knows now that Joshua, you assume that leadership, the, the attack that you will get, just like Moses and how I was with Moses, so I'm with you. Nobody will be able to stand against you. It doesn't mean that there's no attack. It means that there's a lot of attack, but you'll be able to stand because I'm with you. And if you are fearful, the enemies will walk over you. Look at uh, the next verse. Be strong, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestor to give them. Be strong and courageous. You will lead. So in leadership, you've got to be strong and courageous. We've got to be bold. We've got to be so, so, so cur courageous to do what God wants us to do, even though it looks impossible. You know, there are people who are appointed leader, but they are not real leader. They are not appointed by God because they are men pleaser. Or they are afraid of what people say. They want to please people. They, they are easily swayed by what people say. They dare not speak the word of God because it may offend people. And tonight, I'm speaking the word of God. I know some of it sounds very offensive. But I make no apology for that. Because that's the word of God. Okay, so God told Joshua, be strong and courageous because 
you will lead these people into the promised land. If you want to be successful, if we want to be successful in our leadership to enter into the promised land, we've got to be strong and courageous. We dare to speak the word of God. We dare to call devil the devil. when we declare the word of God. And strong leaders will succeed in leading. Look at uh, 2 Samuel 5, verse 9 and 10. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the terraces inward. And he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. See, when God is with us, he wants us to be more and more powerful. But we just think the opposite. Better keep him humble. You know, yes, we see people who become proud, who fall because they are powerful because they're being exalted. But God knows. God knows what He's doing. In order for the leader to be able to lead the people into the promised land, inherit the promised land, you cannot have weak leaders. You have to have strong, powerful leaders. You have got to have Leaders were able to unite the people and also to unite in the vision, in the purpose of God. So God is the one who established his leader. They are his servant. They are his servant. So because David is more and more powerful, he's able to accomplish what God wants him to do. Let's look at 2 Samuel 3.1. The war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Saul and David, they belongs to the same family. One belongs to Judah, one belongs to Benjamin. Same family and yet in conflicts. A long time. I told you the tribes, they have a tribal mindset. They fight for their own. They want their own tribe to be the king because they believe then they have more privilege and, and, and attention. So they're against the other tribe. So the tribe of Saul, the house of Saul and the house of David, they're in conflict for a long time. But David grew stronger and stronger. This is just two tribes. Let's do ten more. How do you unite these twelve tribes to be one nation? Conflicts, suspicion. They're having their own agenda, their own kind, their own character, their own tribal mindset. Chapter 5, 2 Samuel, verse 1. 
all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become the ruler. Why didn't they come to David much earlier? They know what God has said. They know some of the things that David has done all along. But they never come to David until David becomes stronger and stronger. Until David becomes more and more powerful. We know this is just reality in life, isn't it? When you become more and more powerful, people will just come and follow. When you're weak, people will just desert you and run. And God knows it. So God makes David more and more powerful until eventually the rest of the tribes also come. And now they talk nice. Oh, we are flesh and blood. You know, only when you win the battle, they come and tell you, oh, you know, we are related, isn't it? But why are you struggling? Why are you fighting? They just watch. And they just see what happened. Even though they know what God has said, God has already told us that you will be the king, you will be the shepherd of the people. No, but they wouldn't come. Only when you are strong, when, only when you are powerful. Next verse, verse 3, when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. You know, David was only king over Judah, over, you know, two tribes. But now, all the elders from all over Israel, from all the tribes, come and submit to David, come to acknowledge David as king and make peace with him, make covenant with him. So only strong and powerful leaders anointed by God will be able to bring us into the promised land. And we must know that. And we must know how to honor our leader. We must know how to pray for them, how to support them, how to work together with them so that we can enter into our promised land. They are a blessing to us. They are our protection. They are the link between us and God. And so, Powerful leaders will cause the kingdom to prosper. Remember we said the rise and fall of the nation depends on the leader. 2 Samuel 5, 11. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent envoys to David along with cedar locks and carpenters and stone mason, and they built a palace for David. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. You know, when the king is powerful, when the kingdom is powerful, it's for your blessing. It's to protect you, it's to bless you. It's, 
you know. So when you are trying to bring division, you're causing damage to the leader, to the church, to the nation. You're destroying your own future. So David was so powerful, and the nation is so powerful. When the nation is powerful, you know what happened? The nation prosper. The nation begins to develop, right? And uh, uh, the economics become better. Everybody enjoy the blessing, and even the nation roundabout can see that oh, this is a powerful nation. This is a nation that is prospering. Wow, economically and militarily. In other area, education, and so on. So they will come and bow down. They will come. So that's why we read about the king of Tyre. He came with all the uh, the, the treasure, the, the the cedar, and to help David to build. If you are a weak nation, they will come and conquer you. But now you are so strong nation. They come and bless you. They come and and want you to to have peace with them. Want you to bless them, so they also come and help. So that's a blessing of being a strong nation. This is what God wants us to be—to be a strong nation, to be a powerful uh, people for His kingdom purpose, so that the nations will acknowledge that He is God. This is the mission that God has given to the nation of Israel, and to do that. You got to be strong. The leader got to be strong and powerful. The leader is God's servant, doing what God wants, and God will be with him. God will do what He promised. So tonight, I trust that as we enter into this new season, get rid of all those defiled spirit. If you have not, get rid of them yet. Come before God and recognize God's way. God wants His leader, His servant, to rise up, to be strong, to be powerful, so that we can come under Him, submit to Him, so that we will know that God is with Him. We will trust Him, we will follow Him, and not allow demons to talk, so that we all have our own reservation, all have on our own thoughts, and not united. To enter into the promised land, our leader got to be strong and courageous to take us into the promised land. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your word for this new season, getting us ready to enter. And I pray that every hearts will be able to see, our eyes will be open to see what you have done, so that we will know how to unite. With our leaders, how to submit, how to honor, how to obey, how to follow, how to trust them. Together, we will move forward. Together, we will enter into the promised land. We will establish that holy nation to be that royal priesthood, to fulfill your plan and purpose, to welcome our coming King. Bless your people, Lord. Bless everyone who hear this message. Let our eyes be open, our, our, our mind be open. We have the understanding, your your word, your ways, your you know, and not human, worldly, demonic ways. Lord, we will allow ourselves to be washed, cleansed by your word, so that we will 
work together, we'll unite together to move forward, to inherit our promised land. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that will be the end of this message. The Lord bless you. See you again next week.